Are you ready to become toxic person proof? Hey guys, Sarah K. Ramsey here to help you find love and success after a toxic relationship so you can design a life you're actually excited about living. Hello, wonderful. It is Sarah and I'm here with Crystal Denise Garcia and she's on our podcast, Toxic Person Proof. And it was really funny because we were actually saying that we don't hate men. (laughs) So many, she's, she's done human rights stuff, you know, um, work, you know, in the me too movement. And it's such a powerful conversation when She's actually a self-love coach now, a transformational speaker, and a dream facilitator. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing powerful. We may feel powerful when we hate, Mm -hmm. but there's nothing healed about hate. Right. You know, it's when you get past that, it's like, yes, men have hurt me and some women have hurt me. And it's not a gender issue. It's a character Mm -hmm. issue. Yes. Right. So Crystal, tell us a bit about maybe from your family of origin and how, how to not hate men, even if they've hurt you. That's a great conversation. Yeah, absolutely. So I, um, when I was very young, I, as a child, a very, very young child, I was sexually abused and I found myself in the covert sex trafficking industry, incorrectly called the sex industry. I was a dominatrix for 13 years. I was a stripper for nine years and I was a prostitute for seven years. I don't condone that, that uh, title because it takes the onus away from the pimps and Mm -hmm. blames the, you know, the women and men who are being trafficked. So I, I, that, that was it for me. I mean, that, that totally brought me into hating men. I hated men for a very long time, but I began to challenge my perception. I was like, you know, some of this, something doesn't feel right. You know, and I was, as I was starting to get healthier, as I was doing coaching and as I was starting to do my own work and by coaching, I mean, receiving coaching, I wasn't a coach at that time. Um, but when I was just super helpful, sometimes <laughs> women try to get really like they, they, after something bad has happened to you mm-hmm. and you really want to help others, yeah. but then you try to help them so that you feel okay rather yeah. than learning to not be perfect, but be okay. Yeah. And a place to help them. So thanks for letting me jump in there. But, but I've yeah, seen that absolutely. a lot. So I applaud you on that, uh, on that, yeah. uh, that, that, that autocorrect. I was not a coach at this time. I was yes. definitely not healthy enough. Um, yes. So I was receiving coaching and one of my coaches was like, you know, you might, you might want to look at this, you know, very gently and I kind of pointed it out and I started to heal. I grew up with a father. So I started to heal my relationship with my father within myself because that's where I was holding it. And that's the only place it existed. So I started to work on that. And years later, I started to open up, you know, to shifting my perception of men, but it still was, I still felt like something was off. And mostly it was, I was seeing it outside of myself. I wasn't fully seeing it within myself. Cause I, I would just say, I love men, but it's one thing to say it. And it's another thing to actually embody it and live it. Mm-hmm. So I actually, um, so I started the conversation of loving and celebrating men. I got into the men's human rights conversation and, and very active in sharing the, you know, the reality of men's human rights. And I still do that to this day as a human rights advocate. Um, but it was through that journey when I, I, I began to start humanizing men and starting to listen to male victim stories, you know, uh, victims, men who had been raped by women and how our society doesn't see that as rape oftentimes still, you know, and how, you know, 
young boys are being raped by teachers and they weren't considered pedophile. Like most of the time they're like, Oh, had sex with this child. And it's like, you can't have sex with a child. You rape, you know? So all of these conversations that made me realize that I wasn't, I, I had been living as a survivor, as a, well, I was living as a victim. And I did not realize that I had separated myself from society. I had felt like I don't belong here because of all these horrible things that had happened to me. And this is really a man's world, blah, blah, blah. Well, I realized that men were suffering alongside of me and it made me recognize that I'm not separate, that I'm not outside of society. So it really reconnected me with society. And then as I was listening to men's trials and, and being present with men in my life and challenging how I was viewing them and listening, not to just be like, okay, shut up. You're wrong. Um, which was, what I was used to doing, you know, like, let me tell you how wrong you are now. Thanks for talking, move aside, you know? And so I had to really begin to look at it and it wasn't pretty. It's not pretty to look at a prejudice. And I had developed a prejudice from towards men because of my trauma. And what was happening is I was projecting my past onto half of the planet, which by the way, is not normal. Like if we take gender out of the conversation and we say, oh, I'm terrified of half the planet. I would think that that would be alarming and someone would want to find support for that person. But we live in a society that when women say these things, it's like, yeah, good for you. And no, you know, it wasn't good for me. I was living in hyper paranoia that I was going to be assaulted again, or that, it, you know, all these things were going to happen. I wasn't living my life. And I was just getting through the days and I was just very wrapped up, still very in, in trauma. So I, I have complex PTSD, I have CPTSD, and I'll, I'll, you know, it's something that I live with. But I, through working through this and healing my perception of men, I began to heal my relationships with men. And that all came from self-love. It all was rooted in self-love. It's not something that I was outside of myself. Like, so when I say loving and celebrating men, it's not like, oh, over there. No, it begins within myself. Mm -hmm. Because in the way that I was holding men within me because nobody else was living this besides me. I, all these perceptions was in me. And yes, I was projecting them onto men and being very unhealthy with men and not even recognizing the patterns of the relationships I was creating and co-creating and the, the men I was gravitating towards, the men that I was not gravitating towards. You know, So in this unhealthy perception of men, it kept me cycling unhealthy relationships with men in order to be right about how wrong men were Ooh. and then stay addicted to my victim mentality. Yes. And, and something interesting, we always look for shortcuts to safety. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. If all men are bad, mm. then I don't have to do the work of learning the difference between a good man and a bad man. Yes. Yes, exactly. If, if all of a certain race are bad, mm -hmm. if all of a certain job, all policemen are bad. I'm oh, sorry. I shouldn't have used, used that one in this context. I forgot about that one. <laughs> 2020, pretend 2019. And I said that um, I was all firemen are bad, but right. But we, right. whatever it is, we take just this generalization mm -hmm. of, absolutely. You know, because we don't want to do the work. And you right. talked in the last time we worked about parenting ourselves and the yeah. grown up work of there's not a mommy to fix it. You know, mm -hmm. this, you know, my team's better than your team. Mm -hmm. You know, this class is better than your class, whatever it is. It, being a freaking grown up, mm -hmm. a grown up, a grown woman. People say, I'm a grown, I'm a grown ass woman. I can do what I want. Okay. Here's what you should be doing. Here's what you should want to be doing. Yeah. There are, you know, whatever 
whatever social group you want to say, there yeah. are good and bad people within right. that group. And right. we have, you know, part of being toxic person proof is recognizing that difference. Because when we yeah. say all, you know, all women are safe and all men are bad. Right. That's dangerous. It's incredibly dangerous. It's so dangerous. So far from being toxic person proof. Yeah. Or all, you know, it's like people had a bad teacher experience. Well, all teachers are bad. Well, Mm -hmm. no, they're not. You know, like that's, but it's a a shortcut to safety. Yes. And often the shortcut people use to safety is prejudice. Yes. 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 Which stems from how we can't work together in every way. Yeah. And that comes and from absolutism. That comes yes, from that perfectionism yes. again. Yes. Absolutism. Yes. There's no such yes. thing as absolutism. We cannot yes. be absolute. We are human. We have differences. There are, there are issues there. So absolutism just completely throws that out, out the window in certain areas, you know, like right and wrong. Okay, fine. Absolutism. But, you know, in, as far as like thinking that this is how humans are. So I had to really work through that. And I think, you know, it, it, it really liberated me. Uh-huh. I was able to start, I didn't realize, but my body used to cringe when a man would walk by me. Uh-huh. I was able to walk free. Like I can walk freely outside now. I just relax. I enjoy. I look around at life. I was like just walking, just so narrow-minded, just keeping my head down pretty much, or, you know, my eyes darting around for the next attack. That's not healthy. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I don't want women to live like that because this is, we're told this is, this is the normal way. It's really not. That's fine after it just happened. That that makes yes. sense and it's normal yes. after it just happened. And there's yes. a time period for that. Okay. There's a time period where, you know, you, you, you might have a prejudice for a while after a trauma. Okay. But then we have to work through it. So I had to work through my prejudice. And what that did for me was... I mean, it opened my heart completely to men, you know, and, and when I say that, it doesn't mean that I don't have distinction, you know, like, you know, like, hey, you know, it's not like some Pollyanna conversation. It just it opened my heart to not project all of my pain onto every man I see before I even know who they are, you know, and not to project it anyway, but like, to, because I was projecting the story onto every man. I wasn't getting the, taking the time to actually go, uh, get to know men. So in a sense, that is a fantasy. It's a dark fantasy that I was projecting onto men, you know, and I was before even getting to know who the person was, I was assuming that this is just awful. But at the same time, I was expecting men to fix me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And let's have this conversation because I see women, they go through something and a man did hurt them. Sure. A man, not all men. And maybe yes. it was three or four. Like I have right. total grace and sympathy and empathy. Yeah. That could happen. Yeah. We, I don't think you're lying about it, right? Right. And then it's like, oh, I need to find Mr. Right to fix me or find right. the right guy to fix me. Mm-hmm. And then he'll have be magically done so much self-work and be so highly evolved and have no baggage on his own that he has yeah. this incredible space to mm-hmm. fill in all my holes for me. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to do the work of parenting myself mm-hmm. and filling those holes for myself. Like, yeah. we don't, and I don't think we consciously think it, but when it's brought out, people are like, mm. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I call it the broken pedestal, you know, and yeah. we put men on this pedestal. And what that actually did was too, like when I healed my relationship with men and moved into instead of hating men into loving and celebrating men, what it did was it take, it took me 
out of the fantasy of men. And I know for some people that might sound counterintuitive, like how could you love and celebrate men? That sounds like a fantasy. It's actually not. I actually got related to the reality of men are human, first of all. And what I realized is I was kind of treating men like there were these gods. That was the fantasy. I was putting men on this broken pedestal, like be my God, be perfect. But oh my God, if you fall, I will be right about what a piece of garbage you are. And so it was, it was horrible. So, but it helped me, you know, in this journey of healing my perception of men, it helped me just keep my feet on the ground and take each man as, as my fellow human being, you know, and instead of ostracizing men as like this group back, you know, somewhere far away, that's the axis of all evil and the root of everything bad on this world. um, That's a dark fantasy. You know, we, we have the, and, and they both kind of flip flop off of each other, you know, the save me prince and you're the devil. So it's like vacillating it's between extremes. The yes. It's extremes and it's prejudice. All it men prejudice. are princes. Yeah. All men are the devil. Like all yeah. men are blah, 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 blah. Right. It's, right. Now I ran a mental health campaign for um, teens mm. before doing this work. And one of the conversations that I found among teenage boys is we're only allowed to have two emotions. We can be happy or we can be angry. Mm. Anything else society has an issue with. Mm. Mm. Have you found that to be true in your work with uh, men and human rights in older men? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, yeah. Cause one of the conversations we constantly, I, I feel like I hear a lot of is men don't share their feelings. And I'm like, men do share their feelings. We just have no space for it. Yeah. And so men have learned it's not safe. And they, you know, and there's also an evolutionary piece to this, mm-hmm. you know, like when people, I, so it's something that comes up for me and I'm astounded at times because I'm like, you know, we have this empathy for women's growth and women's emotional growth, even though we kind of stunt it right now with the stay a victim, that's all you are. But we have an empathy more for female emotions. We yeah, yeah, yeah. Been, you know, like if a woman's, we just have a lot more empathy for women's emotions, but throughout history, and I know I'm overly generalizing here and I own that. So, (laughs) but men have had to fight wars. They've had to, there's, there's been a certain way of living in order to survive fighting those wars and be able to continue to do that. So there has been a conditioning for men to have to show up a specific way in, in general. And so now we're here, we're in 2020 and we're like, well, you know, we want men to X, Y, and Z. Okay. That's fine. And, and again, overly generalizing because men are very sensitive and they, I, I, you know, are sharing and, and connecting, but where is the grace to give men that space to now have this place where it's like, okay, we will hold space for your emotions. And are we actually doing that? Because the thing is when I see men come forward and, and they get bashed and I've seen this across all social media, I've seen it in person when men will share something and they instantly are hit with a reaction and an assumption. Like I, I've seen men who share their survivor story and then like immediately get attacked as if them sharing their story is taking away from women's experience or, or women having suffered. And it's not. So so when we have those conversations of we want men to, to share, I've noticed that men are sharing and they're trying to but they're often not supported when they do. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like this catch 22 share, but then shut up. You know, it's like, well, you know, so that's been my experience in seeing them. 
I, I, that's just so insightful. And, um, you know, and having that healthy relationship with men, what are some other things that helped you in reestablishing knowing what men are safe? What, cause it, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, I just want to reiterate, it is not one group of people is automatic green light or an automatic red light. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So for me, like when I, I speak of loving and celebrating men, that's like, okay, I've shifted. I no longer hate men. Like that's mm-hmm. not a viewpoint that I have. So that shift that has shifted into loving and celebrating, which is something that I have with women. And even I had to heal my relationship with women too. That's another conversation, but, um, having that healthy view, I can come from zero, you know, when I'm talking to a man, like if I'm, if I'm projecting, I hate men, then I'm not coming from a zero starting field. I'm coming from a a negative, like beyond behind. And then that person has to like try and catch up before I even see them as human. So I'm not even humanizing that person. Hating someone is dehumanization. So now that I. And glorifying someone. Yes. It's de- yep. I mean, yeah, as we like, oh, she's amazing because she's, you know, telling her victim story. She's telling her truth, yes. right? That yeah. is like also like could Very. get people to let, you know, because if they can use that to get you to let your guard down, mm-hmm. then you give them an automatic green light too exactly. early. Yes. And I I want to say she starts, she talked about starting from ground zero, which in my listeners, I talk about that collecting data. Mm. So if you start with a blank page, you start from ground zero, then you can start to collect data. Yeah. If you come into, oh, she's a this, Mm -hmm. you've already got your, your script filled in before you see her, which leaves you vulnerable. Mm -hmm. If you come in with a guy and you've already got your script filled in, Mm -hmm. it can leave you vulnerable. And it can yeah. allow you to push away someone good. Yes. Yeah. So that, that was a, I love how you share that. And, and that was a very big point is anytime that I'm going to be, you know, it's about letting go of my expectations. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people fear that like, oh, well, I shouldn't have any desire. No, it's not about letting go desires, but letting go of expectations mm-hmm. and seeing who that human is. The key point, the number one part for me, slowing down. Mm-hmm drastically slowing down. We're in a very instant gratification society, you know, and people want to instantly like connect, but that's not possible. Please say that again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think about it as everybody's a yellow light. If you meet someone new, everybody's a yellow light. Absolutely. Yeah. And it takes time. We don't get to know someone in one day or two day or three days. It takes a while to get to know who that person is. And that for me is like self-love is having that self-respect and self-care and self-worth to be like, I'm not in a rush. I, you know, when I, you know, but I had to be in a healthy place to recognize, to let go of desperation. So because you're not in a rush because you're not needy. Exactly. And I'm not desperate, you know, like I would love, a, I don't, and I don't need a romantic relationship. I would love one. That would be right. wonderful, but I am whole and complete. I love my life exactly as it is. So if it's going to be a relationship, it needs to be something that adds to my life. And I'm adding to that person's life as well. And we're, you know, co-creating with each other. And then it's, then it, can but if I'm coming from a space, this inner vacuum mm-hmm. where I am, and am going to a guy and be like, save me. That never worked well. That never ended well. And it was the fastest way to get into very unhealthy relationships mm-hmm. and, you know, create trauma bonding. And, and I want to, I want to point out something. 
if we have, if we keep waiting for the guy on the horse to swoop in and save us, you're never going to have the partnership that you want. Your language around co-creating a life Mm -hmm. together. Right. You know, and people say, oh, you know, when you started dating your husband, did you like, did he reach out to you? Did you reach out to him? Did you do this? I was like, what? Yeah. We're grownups. Like, what are you talking about this game? Like, oh, he has he texted me in 30 minutes? Has he did? No. Right. I had a life. Like I yes. had this full life exactly. and it, we just became a part of it. And there was no, you know, we're, we're riding on the horse. We got two horses going, you know, yeah. people say, I'm not on the back of his horse. He's not on the back of my horse. Exactly. I'm not that. on the horse. And he's love like that. fixing the saddle and, you know, shoveling the poop. Like, yeah. and, and I'm not shoveling the poop, right? right? We both have our own horses in our own lives love and we're that. choosing to ride together. Yes. Yeah. I love that. I love the horse analogy. And also, yeah, that's a big, a key point element. Like you said, you're like, you have your own life. And that's been integral to me too. I'm not like, you know, like the the panic that all comes from self-avoidance. That all comes from needing to fill the self-love, the inner parenting, because that's the inner child. That's like, pay attention to me, pay attention to me. Why aren't you paying attention to me? Where are you? Where are you? know, and and it's draining. I drained the daylight out of the men in my life when I did that, you know, and it was like, and you know, I even drained healthy relationships that could have gone in a good way. You're it's a surefire way to ensure that there isn't going to be healthy relationships with men. And then that's a perpetual cycle. Men are evil. Oh, look, a relationship. Yeah. You know, like yeah. attached, like, you know, the alien yeah. in the face. You know? <laughs> it's like, which is oh, no. not sexy, which is not sexy. No. Yeah. Crystal, was- thank you so much for joining us. I wish we had like 14 more hours. We'll have to have you on again. So Crystal is a self-love coach, transformational speaker, and dream facilitator who has turned her ashes into beauty. And I love mm-hmm. that even when I, when I met her, I didn't even know her whole story. Like mm-hmm. it was like, cool, you're a dream facilitator, right? Her, mm-hmm. She did not lead with the worst things that ever happened to her. And I want to commend right. you for that. And, and um, I, I try to do that as well. And, uh, you know, so awesome. Tell people where they can find more about you. Sure. Yes. You can go to my website at openheartsunite.org. Awesome. Thank you, Crystal. And thank, thank you for you so helping much, us yeah. some tips and tricks on not to hate men and yeah. be toxic person proof. Thank you. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah, and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I know that there was something that you can take away to help you get past the past, get real about the present, or get serious about your future. And if I did my job, then hopefully it will help you with all three. If you are not in my Facebook group, Finding Love and Success After a Toxic Relationship, then consider this your personal invitation from me. I'm there live. There's tons of support. And most importantly, tons more information to help you on your journey to become toxic person proof.